So I'm going to give you what I feel the Lord has given me to give to you today. Pastor prayed for us in the office and just confirmed some things. Genesis chapter 15. And I'm going to read at verse 7. And I'm going from verse 7 uh, to verse 17. Genesis chapter 15 verse 7 through verse 17. I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. I will not ask you to stand again until I close. Now, if you stand between those times, that's on you. I didn't tell you to do it. All right. Genesis chapter 15, starting at verse 7. When you have it, I want you to say, I have the bread. bread. And he said unto him, this is Abraham. I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another. But the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety, what thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them for a hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go, oh, they shall come out with great substance. And they shall come out, hallelujah, with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy father's house in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall come hither again, and the iniquity of the Amorites. It's not yet full. Last verse. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, it was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning flame that passed between those pieces. And all of God's people said, Amen. You can share this with the person beside you. Be seated. Tell them God made a decision. God made a decision. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord our faith uh, our religious faith the system in which we approach God is properly entitled Judeo-Christianity now when I say Judeo-Christianity it's because the faith or the religious system that we have embraced through the scriptures is laid upon the foundation of what some would consider another religious system. Yes, we are what some people label as Christians, and I know that term can be problematic, but for the sake of this message, we'll call it Christians. We're believers of the way. But in order to embrace Christianity, there is no real Christianity without its foundation of Judaism. This is why I challenge every Bible teacher and every preacher, don't skip over the Older Testament just so you can preach the New Testament. Uh, Some people try to lift that the Old Testament is obsolete, it's not necessary, Just jump into the gospels and the parables and the miracles. Just run through the Pauline epistles. But without the cultural lens and the biblical foundation of the Old Testament, the New Testament really makes no sense. I mean, you can get some good lessons from it. You can get some good, feel good stories. But when you understand the law of Moses... 
when you understand Leviticus, you know, the scriptures we don't like to read, you know, when you made up your mind this year, I'm going to read the whole Bible. And you got through all of Genesis and then you got back to Leviticus chapter three and you said, all right, all right. I made it through all of them genealogies in Genesis. Now I didn't got to now get this offering and get this pigeon and get this. Like, what is this about? But I want you to tell somebody all of it is necessary. He told the prophet, eat the whole scroll. Hallelujah. I mean, yes, yes. Uh, there was a woman in the Bible. She had a, the Bible says she had an issue of blood. And we'll preach it how she pressed her way through the crowd. And she said within herself, if I could just touch the, the hem of his garment. See, we know this, right? So I will be made whole. And she did it. And she was healed. And she was made whole. Great testimony, great miracle. But without the understanding of the old covenant, you don't understand really what she went through for that moment. First of all, according to Leviticus, a woman who has any kind of blood issue, even her monthly menstrual cycle, caused her to be labeled unclean. And if she's unclean, she is to stay away from the public so she don't contaminate the atmosphere. But this woman, hallelujah, having a blood issue of 12 years and spent all she had, the Bible says she pressed her way through the crowd. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, sometimes you got to break the rules just to get to Jesus. People got rules set up all around you, but every once in a while, somebody sitting around you now wish you would shut up and be quiet so I can listen to the message in peace. But I heard something that leaped in my spirit and every once in a while, I'm willing to get on your nerves to get my miracle. Is there anybody in this room that you've been a barrier breaker all your life? You've been a out of the loud crew all your life and if you scream for a sorority and a fraternity and a football team how is it that you won't scream for the God that has the ability not just to open a door but the God that is the door somebody open up your mouth and shout break the rules and she says if I could just touch the him. Now, when we say him, we're saying him from a translation. Because the challenge that some of us that come out of the classical Pentecostal movement have is because we taught you that it was a sin for a woman to wear pants. We did. Why? Because the Bible said for a woman not to wear anything that pertaineth to a man. And it would have been a proper cultural um, application in earlier years because in earlier years a woman even in American history would have never been walking around with pants on and it had nothing to do with holiness women in a brothel would even wear a dress you know culturally a woman wouldn't even go to the market without a hat upon her head and it had nothing to do with her being sanctified it was a cultural norm now, I want to be clear. I still believe in modesty in the church and in the street. Yeah, you know, wear your pants if you want to. I just don't think we ought to see your panty line when you. Oh, I'm also talking to the sisters. I'm sorry. I know you told me to cover this church. They may have you in a meeting after this, all right? But this is just who I am. This is who I am. You can 
apply it that, that the scripture is talking about pants. You can culturally apply it to our modern day. But the literal interpretation cannot mean pants because during the days of antiquity, there are no pants. As a matter of fact, even men would have worn what some of us would have considered almost A-line dresses. So when, the, when we translate it and it says, touch the hem of his garment, automatically we translate it as the hem of a pair of pants. The only challenge is there are no pants in the scripture. So when she said, if I could just touch the, the hem, the real word here is zizits, which means fringes. She said, if I can touch the fringes of his garment. Well, fringes of what garment? Every Jewish man was wrapped in what we call a tallit or a prayer shawl. And on every tallit were zizits or fringes. And in the Old Testament, now this woman is in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament, there's a prophecy in Malachi. Now Malachi says, bring all the tithe and the offering in the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Herewith said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open unto you the what? Windows of heaven and do what? Pour out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive. We know that verse, but there's another verse in the next chapter. Says, when the son of righteousness come, he will come with healing in his wings. And when a man wrapped himself in his shawl and opened up his arms and prayed, his shawl became his wingspan. And the woman with the issue of blood says, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Scream at somebody, tell him we need all of it. It's a Judeo-Christian faith. Our faith is on the foundation of Judaism. Hallelujah. Because everything in Mesopotamia in the ancient days was polytheistic or pantheistic or a fusion of both. In other words, they were idol worshipers. And the the more wealthy you were, the more idols you had. And the more idols you had, the more wealth you needed that you could provide for your gods. Isn't that something that people worship stuff they have to provide for? But we worship a God that provides for us. One of the descriptive names of our God and the place in which he does it is called Jireh. Hallelujah. Jireh is not just who he is, but Jireh is the place he does it. Hallelujah. His name is not just connected to his person. His name is connected to his place. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I wish I had a Bible church here. And the righteous run in. And they are safe. It was just three months ago that I was in Rio de Janeiro at one of the largest um, Bible, one of the largest book festivals in Latin America. And my book got translated from English to Portuguese. And so I went there with one of my assistants and then one of the young men from my church in Brazil as my driver and my translator. Later that night, we went to the Cristo statue. Many of you all know it. It's the iconic statue that overlooks Rio de Janeiro and so when we went there it got dark on our way back to the hotel we were following the GPS and following the GPS through these curvy streets we found ourselves in a favela or what we just call in DC the hood and while we're going through there all of a sudden 
two gunmen came out of nowhere in the middle of the street. One had a rifle and one had a handgun. The one with the rifle came to the driver's side and began to shout in Portuguese. And the other came on my side with a handgun and put his hand on the window. And all of a sudden, even though I know a little Portuguese, in the moment of my anxiety, I could, my vocabulary was limited. And all I kept start screaming is, Enormity Jesus, Enormity Jesus, Enormity Jesus, until one of them says, Tell him to calm down. But I didn't hear the instruction, so I just kept screaming, Enormity Jesus. I want you to know them two brothers said, Let them out of here. I found out that day that the name of Jesus works in every language. I wish I had here. Hallelujah. It's not just the name I speak, it's a safe place. I need somebody to open up your mouth and shout, Jesus. It's on the foundation of Judaism that he's a safe, he's a safe place. He's the the God. He's the God Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is a transgenerational God. (sighs) Hallelujah. But how did we get here? What makes Abraham the father of faith? How does he produce a Hebrew nation without without ever being born as a Hebrew? How does a non-Jewish man become the father of the Jews? Uh, This is going to be a little strange for somebody, but I need you to just touch somebody beside you that's a trailblazer and tell them you're about to produce what you didn't have. You're about to become what you always wanted. You're going to become the mentor you wish you had. You're going to become the father that you desired that you would have had growing up. I come to tell somebody that will praise him now that God is putting an anointing on you called the anointing of first. I need somebody in this world. I'm talking about you're going to be the first multimillionaire in your family. I didn't say you'll be the only. You'll be the first. You're going to be a holy template. You're going to show everybody in your family what it looks like to have a healthy marriage. You're you're gonna show everybody in your family what it looks like to have successful ministry now everybody in your family not gonna say it but if you believe it's you somebody shout I'll be the first and now if you wanna be the first you must be willing to be criticized by some of your family somebody shout I'll be the first if you're going to be the first, you must be willing for people to sit back and critique you that ain't never did what you're about to do. Somebody shout, I'll be the first. If you're going to be the first, you must be willing for them to discuss you and then turn around and copy you. Somebody shout, I'll be the first. Abraham. He, what makes him so special? What makes him so so special? Oh, it gotta be his daddy. Oh, that's it. That's how. Oh, he gotta be his daddy. See, this is why Abraham gets chosen because he came from the right family. Do your research. Abraham's daddy, his name is Terah. <laughs> that name alone is. Terah was not a preacher, he was not a follower of Yahweh. Terah was an idol, not only an idol worshiper, he was an idol maker. So it was to Terah's advantage that people were worshiping idols. He don't want a revelation of anything better. Because this system is financing him. There's some people who want to keep you broken. Because your brokenness validates them used to say you'll know who your real friends are hallelujah when you're going through and when you're struggling I got a different revelation now you'll find out who your real friends are when you start prospering 
there are some people who are good with you as long as you're insecure and you're self-conscious and you don't know who you are and you don't know your self-worth but I need some people in this room that you didn't went through that season and I need you to tell them I'm not apologizing I'm not cocky I'm just confident there's some things I will never settle to again oh where you at you ain't hit me back no I ain't hit you back because I didn't come to play no games come on I, come on come on silly rabbit tricks are for kids I'm not playing these games anymore if I'm not your promise I'm not gonna be your practice well, Oh, you acting all brand new? Am? Many of us, many of us have compromised who God has created us to be in this season. So we don't make other people feel bad. But when you didn't pay for it, well, you didn't suffer. The, the Midrash. And when, when I make references to the Midrash in the Talmud, because I'm telling you it's Judeo-Christian faith. When I say Judeo-Christian faith, it's just not the Torah, not just the Tanakh, not just the writers of the prophets. Some things we understand in the New Testament based upon the culture of Judaism. So these are rabbinical culture, rabbinical uh, commentaries. Well, in rabbinical commentary, it says... That Abraham is asking, Abram is asking his father Terah questions. He's becoming very curious about how can these idols be God? Like, I just saw you make this yesterday. And this is what I'm saying. I don't feel like in order to worship God, you must dismiss your intellect. God is not intimidated by your questions. As a matter of fact, as much as I have read these scriptures, I still have questions. And, and I believe my questions even more make God to be more holy. Because I don't want to worship a God that I can totally contain in my intellect. One thing have I desired of the Lord. And that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I need you to tell somebody, tell them, don't lose your curiosity. The worst thing that can happen to you as a believer is for you to get to a place where you think you have arrived. You didn't see it all. You didn't heard it all. Some of y'all sitting here today like, I didn't hurt this. But let me tell you something. He said in Isaiah, behold, I will do a new thing. You can be right in the midst of it and miss it. I need you to touch three people in your row. Tell them, wake up, wake up, don't miss it. God is about to do something new in here. Something is about to spring forth in impact. I feel it's going to happen so quickly. Some people are going to be sitting on the porch still waiting for it to happen and the rest of us are going to be down the road. I need to tell you something is about to hit your house. I want to ask you a real serious question. How would you respond if all the prayers you prayed this year was fulfilled by December the 23rd? How would you How would you praise him How would you respond What kind of prize What you give Some of you do got 15 seconds left To put something in the atmosphere I need you to scream at somebody to tell them the report is coming back different. Now shout, 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 shout. The report. Y'all be seated. You've been standing up on your own. The rabbinical story says this. It says... Terah goes on a journey and he leaves Abram the curious one in charge. You don't ever do that. He said, you stay here. I'm going on a journey. Take care of the shop. Why? While his father's away, Abram is looking at these statues. And he said, you God and you God and you God. 
And so he wanted to test out that power. So he, he got a stick and said, pow, knock the head off of one of the idols. And then he said, and you know what happened, right? Nothing. Some of y'all gonna get that revelation in just a little bit. You keep sowing into stuff and feeding stuff that can do nothing for you. You won't tithe, but you got a whole pocketbook full of lottery tickets. You. Uh oh, I hit something. Uh oh, uh oh, I hit something. <laughs> Somebody said, oh, I'm Bishop. I tithe and I get me a couple of lots. <laughs> oh, I see you in here. Amen. Okay. Just pay your tithes. Just pay your tithes. <laughs> and if you win, hallelujah, just don't tell me where it come from. Just pay your tithes. I'm not responsible for what I don't know. Somebody said, I'm not going to take that dirty money. I don't know where the money coming from that is in your pocket now. I'm going to sanctify it. You stopped at the gas station, they gave you change back. You don't know where them doctors come. You're not saying nothing to me here. When, when Tara came home, when Tara came home, Tara looks and sees one of his idols with the head cut off, and that's money. And he looks at Abram and says, What happened? And Abram said, The other God did it. And Tara got mad and says, you know that idol didn't do it. He says, exactly. If it doesn't have the ability to do it, how can it be God? So it seems like, oh, before Abram had a revelation of God, God was already dealing with him. Hear me. Because some of you, you start your testimony at your A.D., and every time you testify, it's at your zero and AD. I came to church and I gave my life to God. When I started serving God, God started blessing me. But the truth is, all of us have a BC testimony. Our testimony started before we got here. If you look back over your life, God was dealing with you before you got saved. Oh, God was dealing you. I'm going to say it and some of y'all ain't going to be able to handle it when I say it. But I need some honest people to don't leave me out here by myself. Some of y'all was drinking and God was speaking to you. Some of you were rolling it and smoking it. Oh, and eating. Oh, y'all not saying nothing. And God was speaking. I need you to tell your neighbor, he found me in some places. I, I, I was on my way home saying, why am I still doing this? Why am I still going there? What? How? Somebody ought to begin to bless the Lord because he wasn't intimidated with the mess that you were in. I need everybody in here in the room just have a flashback in some places God delivered you from some stuff you ain't told people about and I want you to just take only seven seconds and praise God for what you and God know about go do it now do it now seven six five four three And then God approaches Abraham. Don't have the right pedigree. Idol worshiper. And he says, I'm going to bless you. Hadn't already made a decision. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to multiply your descendants upon the face of the earth. And the Bible said, 
a God that Abraham didn't even know. Abraham believed God. Some of you are coming into moments that you've never been in before. But when you get there, they're going to make sense. That's what revelation and that's what the prophetic does. The prophetic can come to you and the Lord will say something to you. He'll use somebody and you'll be like, I've never heard it before, but it makes sense. Because anything that's God don't have to be forced. Anytime somebody give you a prophetic word, you're like, oh, okay, well, okay, well, I did one time. Uh Uh-uh, no, no, it don't work like that. Even if you don't even understand it, ought to bear witness with your spirit. Uh, You don't have to receive everything somebody put on you. Some of that stuff you need to return to sender. And he believed God. So recently, I've been lately, and I usually don't do this, but lately I've been giving a shout out to a young lady on social media. I really never do this, but it's just been a great teaching moment. A young lady who made a a wonderful uh, video about me uh, because she was talking about my song Tussle. I just want to shout you out. Uh, She was saying that it was ridiculous and it was unbiblical. No, it ain't the first time. The more public you are, the easier target you become. Because when I said more than I ever expected, I had someone to make a video saying, you know, uh, these erroneous uh, praise chants, unbiblical, more than I ever expected. I'm like, well, you ain't never read the Bible. And he says he'll do exceedingly, abundantly. Above all, I could ask for more than I ever expected. You didn't see it? Well, well, this person made made a really good point. She said that why would we be saying me and the devil had a tussle but I won when Satan is already defeated so we don't have to fight. Great point. The only challenge with that is Satan was defeated at the cross and the Pauline epistle tells us to still put on the whole armor of God. All of this armor is not for an Instagram picture. We are suited and booted for the assignment. Now, we're not fighting for the victory. We're fighting from the victory. In other words, we show up at the fight already knowing how it's going to end. And if you don't have to fight anything, there's one fight you do have to fight. All of us in this room, you're going to have to fight the fight of faith. That means there are going to be seasons in your life you're going to have to fight to believe. People call you strong, but we call him Jesus. There are moments in my life, come on, be honest with me. Some of you in this last season, there have been moments where the enemy caused your mind to start slipping. And you need you have to rehearse your testimony again. You have to rehearse what you believe. This is why Jeremiah says in Lamentations, this I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It's because of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. His compassion fell not. They are new. Great. Is faithfulness. So, so Abraham, I'll, I'll close now. Abraham says, "You saying all this to me? I believe you, but how? How am I going? Like, I need a witness. I mean, can you give me a little something and let me know?" And, and the Bible says, "The Lord says, bring me some animals." <laughs> bring me some animals Abraham brought the animals and all of a sudden Abraham brought the animals and start cutting them in half hold on God never told him to cut the animals in half he just said bring me the animals but when Abraham brought the animals when God required it he already knew what God was expecting and some of you in this room you already know what God is expecting you say you're waiting for an answer you're really not waiting on an answer you're just waiting for courage I, I want to make sure I'm doing what God told you. No, you already know what God told you to do. You're just afraid of what it's going to cost you. You need courage to carry it out. 
I need you to push them out. Tell them you already know. You already know what God wants you to give up. You already know what God wants you to give. You already know that God has already told you to prepare to leave your job and walk out your assignment. Uh oh. You already know God. To- God already told you to go apply for it. God already told you to cut that person off. He's already told you. Tell your neighbor, I don't really need an answer. I just need courage. So when he says to to Abraham, bring bring me some animals, Abraham automatically just starts cutting them up. He cut up everything but the birds. He just started cutting up everything. And he created an aisle, a walkway. And he pointed those animal pieces where the part that was open, the flesh part, he pointed them toward one another to create a walkway of blood. See, in Mesopotamia, and in antiquity culture, anytime a man was going to make a covenant, they didn't bring no lawyers. Glory be to God. They brought something valuable and they cut it up as a sign of covenant because there's no real covenant if there hasn't been a cutting. You don't know who's really with you until they're willing to be circumcised. That's why some of us are busy but not productive because we haven't been circumcised. The reason why you keep on uh, uh, comparing where you are now to the church you left is because you ain't been circumcised. You still smell like your old season. And you're wondering why you're being rejected. No. Hallelujah. Because, Because the camp still smells the aroma of what you came out of. And when this, when this aisle is made and blood is streaming down this aisle, people would make covenants. They would say, hold on, listen, this is how serious I am about this agreement. And so I'm walking through this saying, hey, I'm going to pay you, you know, this amount of money for the land. Or I'm going to give you my daughter to your son. And then the other person walks through it. And when they walk through, that means, in other, in other words, I'm putting my life on this. You know how some of y'all crazy be like, I, I, I swear on my mama. I would never say something like, why y'all be saying stuff like that? But this is, what this is what they're saying. I'm putting my life on it. One person walks through and it becomes an agreement when the second person walks through. And so after he cuts this covenant, Somebody, your alarm going off. Just God wants you to know. God wants you to know. It's almost time. I feel God. I'm sorry. I hear God in everything. I'm sorry. Send the word down your road and see how they respond. Tell them it's almost time. It's almost time. It's almost time. It's almost time. I feel like running around this church. It's almost time. Somebody said, what you talking about? And for the hundred of you that will receive it. No, it ain't going to be a hundred. But just for the remnant that will receive it. When that alarm went off, I felt it in my spirit. Whatever idea you've been having in your head, God is about to put keys in your hand. I was in West Virginia one night this week and I was I happened to go by the table I was trying to sneak out of the church I happened to go by the table where uh, uh, Court Mickey's wife was selling my hoodies and stuff and I went by there and a man walked up to me he said he looked at me he said I said all right I said all right he says you remember I said uh I'm sorry, wait, wait. He said, no, you don't know me, but last time you were here, you said God was releasing keys. 
he said, to be honest, my wife had been talking about us getting another home, but I, I just didn't really have the faith for it. Then that night when you said key, she reached over and grabbed me and says, hey, he's talking about us. And he says, okay. He said, I believe one more time. Because we just kept getting denied, denied, denied. He says, I got the keys. I'm going to tell you one more time. It's almost time. It's almost time. There's somebody, you got a home right now. But you ought to shout because your home now will be your rental property. It's almost time. I'm way past the time that I anticipated to be standing up here. But I feel a prophetic anointing that's about to hit every row in here that will receive it. Send word down your road. Tell them, snap out of it. It's almost time. You survived the cutting. You survived the bleeding. One person got to walk through it and then the next person walked through it and then we got an agreement. So Abraham cuts up the pieces. He turns the parts toward each other. He has a bloody trail. And before he can do anything, some heavy sleep gets on him. The only other time this happened in the scripture before this moment was in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. I need you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Tell them the only reason why God got you still. It's not because you're stuck. Tell him he's got you still because he won't let you mess it up. Some of you were practicing what you were going to say when you got to the office and God says, uh. Some of you were practicing what you were going to say when you got home and God said, uh. God says, I'm going to shut your mouth and save your future. Have you ever practiced and rehearsed your speech? How you were going to vindicate yourself? How were you going to affirm your position? And then you got mad at yourself because when you walked out of the room and when you walked out of the office, you said nothing that you had practiced. Abraham said, okay, yes, I know. God said, get the animal. So I know what this means. I know what my culture means. We got to make an agreement. Okay, we're going to make an agreement. And then all of a sudden he says, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Mm. God takes him down. And some of you, you're th- uh, you think you're stuck. God just got you on a holding pattern. This, this happened to me. This happened to me yesterday. We, or day before yesterday. It was, it was going to Toronto. And they let the wheels down. And then all of a sudden, I heard the wheels go back up. And then we just start, kept going around in circles. And I was watching something on my iPad. Then it hit me. Hold on. I'm supposed to be on the ground by now. So why am I not on the ground? Eventually, we finally got on the ground. And I was like, yeah, yeah, what happened? What, what happened? They says, oh, no, no. Um, they had to clear out the runway before we came down. God told me to tell somebody in this room. The only reason why it hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean you missed it. God says he's clearing out the path for you. I need you to look at somebody and tell them, we're about to settle in a big blessing. Come on, come on. We're about to settle in something big. We, hey, 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 hey. We're about to settle in something expansive. What we're about to settle in is get ready to set up the next three generations of our family. I need you to run over to one of your family members and tell them, we're about to settle in something big. Hey, fam, we're about to settle. We've been waiting for a callback. We've been waiting for an email. We've been waiting for a response. But we're about to settle. 
somebody in this room you've been living out of a box but you're about to settle the job you're in right now is not your career it's just your assignment it's just holding you over until your rejection that rejection was just preserving you for the real promise there's always an Ishmael before an Isaac but tell your neighbor he's about to settle us I'm sorry this message that go nowhere without plan alright let's walk through here oh okay I'm, I'm, I'm trying to walk and then God puts him to sleep. And when God puts him to sleep, he gets a vision. And in this vision, God. And God. And, and God. I preach, I did all that preaching to tell somebody in this room. God made a decision. And when he made the decision, he didn't call a meeting with your enemies. When God made this decision, he didn't ask your family members permission. And some of you, because of your religious mindset, it's going to be hard for you to receive this. But God has made such a decision about you. that He's not going to even let you mess it up. No, no. The Lord wanted me to preach this because there's somebody in this room there's something that has happened to your promised journey and it's called time. And because time has hit it it's made you second guess. Did I miss my moment? It made you, it has made you question is it still going to happen for me? As a matter of fact, some of you have started to compromise and begin to consolidate and begin to downplay your goal and your vision. It'll make time will make you wonder did you hear what you thought you heard? And there I see God, Elohim, the one who sits on the council of his own will. He said, When I made a promise to you. I swore by my own name. I believe in the multi-breasted, multi-faceted, multi-manifested God of Abraham. I believe in the mystery of the Godhead. How he's father in creation. Son and redemption and the Holy Spirit within the life of the believer. Sometimes it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it, but I believe in it. To the point, it was in the Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus prayed. The Jesus that's God. Well, somebody asked me, well, if Jesus is God, who did Jesus pray to? Well, it was the Son praying to the Father. But if the Son is God and the Father is God, <laughs> who is he praying to? Let me say this to you. When Jesus prays to God, who is already God, that is God coming in agreement with himself. praise the prayers of God to God will never go unheard if you pray you can pray amiss if you can pray he may do it but when God prays God will never be disappointed because God's prayers becomes God's declarations Hear me, lift up your hands, lift up your hands, lift up your hands. God has made a decision.
today made such a decision that 2,000 years ago when he looked at our condition hmm, we couldn't get to him I know y'all say oh I found Jesus but Jesus was really never lost but we couldn't get to our God our God came to us and how did he save us he walked through broken flesh he walked through broken how did our God save us walking through broken flesh through a trail of blood he made it he made a decision so this is what I want to pray for you today I want your hands lifted right now because I want to pray for you so we can pray for each other what I want to pray for you I want to pray the prayer that Jesus prayed for Peter when he says Simon Simon the devil desires to have you and shift you as wheat that's a praise point because he says the devil desires to have you with your hands lifted I want you to praise God and worship him with the fruits of your lips because the devil wants you come on worship God somebody said why should I worship? because the mere fact that he wants you means he doesn't have you come on come on lift it up lift it up lift it up that out of all the battles you deal with in your mind with all the afflictions you deal with on the inside the devil kept the devil tried to destroy you but God kept your mind when your mind was slipping said he said but I'm praying for you that your faith faileth not he didn't say I'm praying that you don't fail he says I want to pray that your faith doesn't fail in other words God says I've already made a decision Peter I'm going to use you I've already made a decision Peter I'm going to use you I'm going to get the glory out of your life I've already made a decision I'm just praying that you have enough faith to get there. I want to tell somebody that's listening to me, close your eyes right now so you can hear me. Close your eyes so you, I don't want you to be distracted by sight. It's going to be everything that God said. You just got to live long enough to watch it happen. Mm. It's going to be everything God, it's going to be everything that God said. You just can't lose your faith that you don't meet him in the place that he instructed you. The Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we were doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.